Oh, what a day! What a lovely day! <laughs> Welcome to the Mad Max Minute Podcast, the daily podcast where we break down Mad Max one minute at a time. I'm Rick. And I'm Julia. And today we're talking about Minute 52, which begins with Fifi trying to convince Max to stay on the force. And it ends with Fifi asking Max why he would want to leave. So we ended last minute, yesterday, with Fifi saying something really callous and unfeeling about the goose, you know, reaching the end of his rope, metaphorically speaking. And we start off this minute with Max distancing himself physically from Fifi, taking steps away, starting to go down the, the yeah, stairwell. Yeah, he wants to leave. Yeah. A, he wants to leave, and B, he's probably getting away from Fifi because Fifi just said something incredibly mean-spirited about the loss of his best friend. Yeah. Yeah, he like, kind of did. So if Max were the kind of person to lose his temper and haul off and clock Fifi in the head... It would be now. Now would be the time to do it, and... People would understand exactly why he would want to do that because yeah. that's still a sore spot Absolutely. for Max. Still a very, very sore spot. And so Max starts going down the stairs to leave and Fifi follows him out and he's still got that watering can. Yes. He has that watering can this entire time. Never puts it down. Never puts it down. So many opportunities. In fact, there's a moment somewhere in this minute where you can hear it hit the banister. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So he get, he moves to the top of the stairs, and he says, all right, I'll tell you how it is. And this makes Max stop for a moment. And he kind of goes into this tirade where he's talking about, you're a winner, Max. You're on the top shelf, and I'm not going to lose you. It becomes some crazy notion about quitting. And he's like, switch to the tactic of building Max up and making Max feel better about himself. Yeah. Because he tried to tell him to forget about it. That didn't work. Yep. Well, now he's going to try and, you know, make him feel good about it himself to try and inspire him to stay on. And as I'm sitting here watching Fifi try to keep Max around, it makes me think about a manipulation tactic called gaslighting. And I don't know if the tactic of gaslighting is exactly what Fifi is doing here. So I found an article on psychologytoday.com about the idea of gaslighting. And there are several steps to identifying it and so a lot of gaslighting is specifically about trying to manipulate someone's perceptions so someone who is gaslighting another person they'll tell a lot of lies and they'll try and make you think that those lies are you know actually the truth in that when you call them on it they will deny and deny and deny they use what is near and dear to you as ammunition like Fifi never comes right out and says you know well how will you support your family but that would be the kind of thing that a gaslighter would do number four on the list really sticks out to me is they wear you down over time the idea that a gaslighter will constantly push and push and push on you until that, you break down yeah that does seem to apply yeah he never lets up as max is trying to leave he just keeps going and mm -hmm. going. Yeah. Yeah. The number five way to identify a gaslighter is uh, their actions do not match their words. And I'm trying to think about what Fifi does in this movie to bring about his idea of bringing back people's faith in heroes. And all we ever see him do is hang out at the office, let criminals leave, and 
go out to crime or accident scenes to tell Max about a gang that's after him. Yeah, as far as policing, you don't really see him do anything. Yeah. And I mean, we've said in the past, he's the chief. You know, he is the management. Right, we don't expect him to be out. You know, he's not a beat cop. Yeah, and like he calls Max, you know, the top shelf, but it's like there's no, there's nothing that we see in this movie that shows him treating Max differently than the other officers. I mean, yeah, we get the sense that the black on black was made specifically for Max, but Max is never specifically told this is your this is your service vehicle you know Mm -hmm. what i mean number six on the list also jumped out at me they throw in positive reinforcement to confuse you and so in this instance fifi has just said you know goose is dead get over it it's no big deal and then he immediately switches over from that to praising max yeah it's it's like a complete 180 Mm -hmm. yeah it's kind of weird yes is all i'm saying yes Number seven, a gaslighter knows that confusion weakens people, and so they'll try and eliminate those senses of stability. I don't feel like Fifi's doing that. Like, a lot of the things on this list don't fit what Fifi is doing, but at the same time, they're interesting to do to know. Gaslighters also project on people. He's projecting. I think that's, that's especially it. I, I think that whole hero thing... This isn't the first time we've heard him talk about that. Yeah. I think he's projecting the, that ideal onto his cops yeah. that are beneath him. He's kind of he's kind of being a dance mom. You yeah, know? a little bit. He didn't necessarily get to be that star policeman when he was younger and he was, you know, out and about. And so now he's kind of projecting that want uh, on his other officers. Right. What not. Because even his... His star pupil, Max, mm-hmm. knows that this sentimentality, this idea of a hero is a load of crap. Yeah. Um, so the last couple of things on the list, uh, a gaslighter will try to align people against you, try and put you off your balance by making other people sound like they're against you. Uh, they'll tell you or others that you are crazy, and they will tell you that everyone else is a liar. So they'll try and eliminate trust between you and other people. So... I think he there's definitely a, hits a couple of those. Yeah, there's a statement that he makes that I said before I launched into this whole idea of gaslighting. He says, I'm not going to lose you because of some crazy notion of quitting. And then... Mm, that's interesting. So he's implying that this decision is crazy and nonsensical and out of the ordinary. Yeah. And shouldn't he shouldn't stand by it. Yeah, so... Fifi doesn't hit all 12 points no. of how to identify a gaslighter. He gets a couple of them pretty good. But he good. does hit a couple right on the head. Yeah. And so it's just another way of manipulating people. Yes. So he's not so much managing an employee, he's manipulating someone that is under his charge. Yes. And really, if Max is quitting, he's no longer necessarily beholden to Fifi as a superior because he's just handed in his resignation. Yeah. But I think he's hanging around because they have that pre-established relationship. Which you really, you see in this minute that they do have a friendship. I think that's the only reason that Max ever stopped to listen to Fifi and what he had to say. And he stopped several times going down the stairs. Yeah. And I think the only reason he does is because they have a good relationship. If they, you know, if honestly, if I, if I did this to my boss, I wouldn't stop on the stairs. Right. I have a very employee employer relationship with my boss. And if that person tried to convince me to stay, I'd be like, nope. 
And difference between this situation and, say, you or I, if we tried to do something like this, if we tried to say, you know, I quit, goodbye. In our professions, we would, they would try and convince us to stay, if they wanted to, with money. Yeah. They would offer us more money. And I, at my job, I have seen this. And it didn't work. And I find it a little curious, and also not curious, that that didn't happen. Yeah. He never used money as a tactic to get him to stay. Either because money just means a different thing in their society. I don't do we ever even see money at all? I don't think so. I mean, we've seen a couple places where money could have been. Yeah. The diner, the nightclub, but no, we don't see any money, so we really have no idea like the idea how it's functioning. The how, idea uh, of co- commerce is there. And we're going to see once Max goes on vacation, once they get to the garage, there is like a little bit of talk about the idea of money, spending money and whatnot. But yeah, I don't think we ever see someone pull out a wallet and start throwing money around. Yeah. And I think Fifi doesn't bring up the idea of trying to entice Max to stay by paying him more is probably because state uh, state corruption. Yeah. And it's a government job. Like, they might not have money that they can yeah, keep like, him around with. Okay, so you have a government job. You right. work for the state of Massachusetts. And everything is very... The budget comes down from the person and the organization above. And they can't just throw in a little bit extra to convince you to stay. Whereas right. I work for a privately owned company where the owners still come to work every day, you know. That they could, if I wanted to leave and they felt strongly enough that they wanted me to stay, they could just offer me some more money without jumping through hoops. Yeah. With with Max and Fifi, they would have to jump through hoops. Yeah. Probably or, a lot of hoops. Yeah. And Labatou should probably say no. Exactly. <laughs> so as Fifi is talking, literally talking down to Max, because Fifi is at a higher elevation of the stairwell than Max is, he is lit and framed in a rather interesting way. Mm-hmm. In that he's kind of lit from below, and he's framed in such a way that his face takes up a lot of room in the frame. Yeah, I think between his face and his, his shoulders, more than half of the frame. It feels like it. Is, it absolutely feels like is it. It's Fifi, yeah. Um, and it makes for a very striking image that we're seeing on the, yes. the screen. And also, the, the walls and the ceiling behind him are very far away. It's yeah. like an elevated like um, stairwell shaft. So there's a sense of grandeur. Yeah, I think that right. That sounds right. A grandeur. Yeah. And I'm not sure I went back and forth on how to feel about this. Am I supposed to feel inspired, like looking up to him as he's giving his speech about heroes? Or am I supposed to feel lorded over? Yeah, I think... I'm not sure. I think we're initially supposed to feel inspired. Like, I think it's... Now, keep in mind, I've never actually seen the movie Patton. But I think it's the beginning of Patton, where it's the general standing in front of a giant United States flag, and he's giving this stirring speech to the troops oh, and whatnot. Yeah, yeah the and, you classic, know, everybody's seen it. You're looking up at him, and he's lit very grandly, and I feel like it's that same thing here. Like, yeah, Fifi's not standing in front of a flag, but he's still, he's up there. Mm-hmm. And we get these shots of Fifi, and then reverse shots on Max, and yeah. Max, his face is pretty much half the size of Fifi's face. He's yeah, much smaller. Yeah, makes him look small. Yeah. 
And I mean, his his body is kind of more at an angle. His general space around him just seems smaller. The walls are more closed in. You don't get all that ceiling space above. Yeah. And so it really sets up this idea that Fifi has a lot of power. He's a grand figure and Max is the subordinate. Yes. And Max doesn't say a lot as Fifi is going on this little speech. Yeah, he he lets him he lets him talk. Yeah, you know. So after he builds him up, he gets back to this main idea that we were first clued into back when he was talking to Labatouche, the idea that people don't believe in heroes anymore and that him and Max are going to give the people back their heroes. And I find it interesting that as he's talking about heroes, you can still hear the marching band music. Yes. Coming in from the other room. Yeah, like strong and patriotic. And yeah. It um pumps you up. Yeah, and as we go along with the next couple of cuts, you can even hear the dispatch radio coming in too. That was it's an interesting subtle. choice because I had no idea until we started talking about it pre-recording and you brought that up. I'm like, no, I didn't hear that at all. So we watched the minute one more time and it is so faint that I wonder what the point was yeah. of putting it in. Because it was very, very difficult to hear. Yeah. Well, it's like we've said in the past, like the, the dispatch radio is that police life. It yes, is that it is life. the soundtrack. It's like the theme song. Yeah, coming in and snaking its way into situations where it shouldn't necessarily belong. Yes. Like in this instance, Max is trying to leave. He is trying to sever ties with this chapter in his life and move on. And here comes the dispatch radio. Yeah, it will. It won't go its away. Way in. Like not even this moment can he escape from it. Yes. So I. Going back to Fifi, though, I can definitely appreciate the fact that he is such an idealist. The idea that he has so much faith in the justice system and the idea of cops being inspiring figures for the populace. Despite everything he sees as the chief, despite the situations that he finds him and his officers in, despite that, he is all about giving the people back their heroes. Because in this world where everything is starting to go downhill, like, they need another hero type of thing. I struggle with this, this idea of a hero. Yeah. I... Are you kind of more in the Tina Turner camp where we don't need another hero? <laughs> I think what we need more than a hero is everyday good people. Yeah. You know, I would rather have... I'd rather have five... You know, officers out there who are good at their jobs, who are competent, who are good people doing good work with good intentions, mm -hmm. than to have one guy out there being a hero. Yeah. I'd rather have a police department full of good cops instead of one Batman. Yes, absolutely. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you for solidifying my opinion because I can't stand Batman. Yeah. Now, keep in mind, if you do like Batman... You can go over to, um, I think it's Batman 89 Minute. They're talking about the 1989 Batman movie. Go check them out if you yeah. do like Batman. <laughs> um, if you don't like Batman, hang around. Keep yeah, listening to us. Stick with us. You're in <laughs> because, good hands. Like the, the idea of a hero is, is nice. And there are, there's always going to be times when we, we do need a hero. There's mm. going to be those situations. Where we're going to be holding out for a hero. Yes. Yeah. And I like the idea of a hero as far as like myth is concerned because that's someone that you can point to, an ideal that you can strive for. But in the day-to-day -day practicality of life, yes, you know, it's... Fifi should be trying to build up his entire department 
instead of just focusing on one person. Yes. We were discussing outside of recording, we were talking about the long-running soap operas that we talked about a while ago. A while ago. <laughs> and how, yes, there are those extreme examples, but you got to look at the stuff in the middle. Like, get rid of the extremes. Don't pay attention to the ones that have run super duper ridiculously 75 years long, and don't pay attention to the brand new ones. Look at the ones in the middle. And that's exactly like heroes are the extreme. They're the extreme of the good people. Mm -hmm. And sometimes they're needed because we have the extreme of the bad people. Right. And they need, you know, they need to fight and they need to, we need that hero to take care of the extreme. But those are the unusual circumstances. That's not the everyday. You know, we need to deal with the, the majority should be the stuff in the middle, the people in the middle. Yeah. We're just good people doing good work. Yeah. And I feel like if there's a general lack of morale in the populace, like they should be trying to build up their own confidence and the confidence of their neighbors. Like when it comes to big societal changes, if the people aren't on board with it, nothing's going to get done. Yeah. You know, and so instead of, like I said, focusing solely on Max, maybe Fifi should be focusing on the community. Yeah. You know, getting them to work together, making each one of them into their own personal heroes that they can pass on to their progeny and whatnot. Mm -hmm. But instead, we get Beefy just latching on to Max and not letting him go, like a suction cup or something like that. So Fifi gets to the end of his big speech about heroes, and Max looks up to him and says, Fief, do you really expect me to go for that crap? And he kind of laughs to himself, and then Fifi smiles and says, you gotta admit, it sounded good there for a minute, eh? And it causes Max to laugh, and he just... And he just keeps, keeps going. going. And... and Fifi's face drops. Yeah, he like, realizes, oh, oh, he's still going. That didn't work. Yeah. So he calls after him and, you know, continues down the stairs, I think, to the, the next landing or something like that. And he, he switches tactics again from building him up to now he's he's trying to, you know, guilt him into staying. He says, do you, come on, do you want me to beg? Drop to my knees crying? And, like, he's starting to get that desperation he's trying to show max how desperate he is mm -hmm. for him to stay and of course max isn't buying any of it no he just kind of he chuckles again and fifi as he sees max laugh and turn around he says now just a minute give me your reason and it's like what was the letter for if not to give him that reason now i granted a resignation letter does not need to include motive it just needs to declare I am resigning as of whatever time. Yeah. But if Fifi had actually taken the time to open the letter and maybe read it before crumpling it up and throwing it away, maybe the explanation that Max starts to give would be in that letter. Maybe. I don't think so. I mean, he may have given an explanation in the letter, but I think it was probably a, a surface explanation. Yeah. It feels like in this moment, he is now being honest with himself. Yeah. That, so I think that, Prior to this, what he has told himself and what he has told other people is the reason that he wants to leave is not the same thing as what he starts to talk about being scared. Yeah. We're definitely reaching a point here where if Fifi had stopped and opened the letter and read it and was calm about it, he could have looked up at Max and said, can you give me a reason? He yeah. would have reached that point a lot quicker and without having to stumble over himself on several different subjects mm -hmm. before getting to this point. And I feel like if he had been a bit more understanding of max's situation instead of being so dismissive of it they would have been able to have a constructive conversation 
But on the other hand, Max didn't want to have a conversation. Yeah, but I think it's important that Max does get this out. Not so much for... Absolutely. You know, not so much for... Yes, it does push the story forward, but I feel like Max needs to, like, come right out for and himself. say what he's about to say. Yes, he needs to admit it to himself that this is what he's afraid of. Mm -hmm. And Max comes right out and says, I'm scared, Fief. And I find it interesting, as... Fifi asks for a reason. We get a shot of Max, and he's on the stairs, and he kind of stops and turns around. And the marching band music and the dispatch radio stops. Yes. Like, Very good sound editing there. I really liked it. Yeah. And it's not so much that the marching band and st dispatch radio stop, but Max's theme also comes in as well. Yes. That kind of more contemplative theme that yeah. usually plays when he's at home. Yes. And so he tells Fifi that he's scared, and Fifi doesn't say anything. But he rolls his eyes. Mm-hmm. Very Payback dismissively. for when Max rolled his eyes yeah. last minute. Um, in my notes, I wrote that fear is for the weak and the shirted. <laughs> because Fifi is, as we said yesterday, not wearing a shirt. He's nope. still wearing his scarf. Yes. And quite a bit of jewelry underneath the scarf. Yeah. We don't really get a good look at, but it's there. But no, we get a we get an eyeful of Roger Ward's pecs and biceps mm -hmm. and traps and flaps and i don't know i don't know what <laughs> muscles are called but he's it there's there's a lot of him there and we get to see all of it yes you know even the even the leather pants don't leave much but we mostly see him above the waist so there's there's nothing to worry about there but max goes on to say he says do you know why it's that rat circus out there i'm beginning to enjoy it and the use of the phrase rat circus stood out to me. So I went to my ever-trusty UrbanDictionary.com and was terribly disappointed that they do not have an entry for Rat Circus. Well, I can easily believe that it's not an actual saying, that we can take the meaning of both words and kind of paint a picture. Yeah. Rats being dirty and the circus being... <laughs> Sketchy? Yes. Although I think traveling carnivals are usually sketchier than circuses. But yeah. um, I found an article... As I was searching around the phrase rat circus, and mm -hmm. the only real piece that I could find was a news article that was written about a rat circus taking over, I think it was like a subway station or some section of a neighborhood where the piles of garbage were not being cleared away. And so just like a huge a swarm? swarm of rats oh, okay. came to town. And as soon as the sun went down, they would come out, oh. start running around and whatnot. And... And so it makes me think that when someone says rat circus, it sounds exactly like, you know, it's a circus of rats. Mm -hmm. And it just sounds very unsavory. Yes. But Max is scared that he's starting to enjoy that dirtiness and chaos and savagery that's out there on the road. And it's that idea that just seems so foreign to Fifi because he says, what is this, Bonnie Week? And mm, we had a hard time with this. Yeah. Because we're not sure what he says. Because the cut that we're watching, the subtitles say funny week, but it's not an F sound. No, it's, it sounds he doesn't like bunny funny. week. And it's like, okay, so it could be bunny as in the animal or bonnie as in like my bonnie lies over the ocean. Mm -hmm. And Google, as helpful as always, gave me no indication of bonnie week or bunny week being a thing in Australia. So we'll need, <laughs> once again... We'll need a correction from our Australian uh, cultural uh, diplomat there. Uh, yeah. Our cultural liaison um, to try and get some indication of what's going on there. But it could be any one of those things. And it's 
it's hard to nail down because each one has a different connotation. Like, he sa if he says, what is this funny week? Like, I know that sometimes networks will, TV networks will have, like, oh, it's funny week where we're going to have all of our comedies lined up and doing all the same thing. Some idea that this is just a comedic idea. Mm -hmm. um, bunny week, we know there are too many rabbits in Australia, so maybe that's related to something and then bonnie week i kind of read that as like well you're bonnie your sweetheart maybe like it's like family and kids weekend or something like that like what is this like a sensitive down home emotions type of thing hard to really nail down exactly what kind of derision he's trying to throw at this idea <laughs> yes I'm definitely interested in what our listeners have to say about that. Oh, absolutely. Because we have absolutely no idea. Yeah, kind of ran up against a wall on this one. So any any assistance would be greatly appreciated. Um, so Max goes on to kind of elaborate on this idea of beginning to enjoy the rat circus. But we really get into that tomorrow. Yes. So we're going to save it and we're going to talk about it then. Okay. So in the meantime, our website is madmaxminute.com. You can follow us on Twitter at madmaxminute and like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash madmaxminute. Thank you for joining us for Mad Max Minute number 52. We will see you tomorrow. Motorbikes and leather men.